ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFG Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, John here joining you live from uh, where are you? Where are you uh, today, John? I'm in the residence in our Marriott downtown uh, in Atlanta. So nice. that's where I'm at on, a, on an iPad. So we're really we're <laughs> we're on the ground here, giving it to you, giving it to you gorilla style without the normal accoutrement. So yes, just wanted to make sure we had to get back to you guys. Like I said, we we left it too long without a show to to watch or an hour an hour plus show for you to listen to on your commute so we had to come back and here we are we are we are a dedicated we are a dedicated group here to talk to you we've been away from you guys for way too long we wanted to jump right into it to talk soccer to talk dc united watch a little bit of washington spirit very very minor amount of washington spirit but but uh, i think uh uh, John, first, I say, how was your holiday weekend? It's been like I, I looked back at our rundown. Last rundown we did was December eighteenth, which feels wow. like a long time ago. <laughs> wow, that is approximately one United rumor, coach rumor, and and uh, no Washington Spirit coaches in that time. Uh, I, holidays were they were fine. I got sick a lot, and uh, <laughs> you know that's kind of all I remember about it. What about you? Is that, is that the uh, is that is that the kid the kid bringing bringing the germs in, or you just have no <laughs> idea? Say. Who can say? I'm on, I'm on planes all the time. It could be me. I could be the vector. That's that's actually probably potentially true. I feel like I, every time I fly, I feel like there was a point, a period where I was just like consistently getting sick. I was I'd in. Land, a, I feel fine the next day, and then the next day I'd be like sick. It'd be weird. I, I was in like an indoor kids playground thing. I think on Ugh. Sunday, and I could I could literally as I was breathing in, I could like I could in my mouth feel like sick. Like I like I felt like like just mo- molecules floating that I could eat. I was like, this is bad. I'm definitely gonna get sick <laughs> from this. But that's the things you do. You do my, kind of my, things like that. My holidays were were okay, John. I'm a I'm currently participating in a a dry ish January. It's it's hard to do a dry January when your birthday is also in January. So but it's towards the end of January, so I'm I'm currently participating in that. So but I had a lot of fun, got to see family do all of the things. Avoided avoided sickness the best they could. Um, had a certain family member uh, get have a uh, have the flu and managed to dodge that. Uh, so that's that's been good. So well, you gotta stay you gotta stay fit because you might be called in to be a replacement ref here in yeah. uh, in February. I might be, and I missed that on the rundown, but we'll definitely get into it. That is one thing I missed. See, I asked you for for hints, and you and you let me down. And I and I did it on the show. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. You're welcome. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk DC. It's been a while since we've been away from you, and uh, we I, we was really really hoping we'd get an official announcement here. Uh, we we want to pull the trigger on some interviews here. We want to we want to find out. We want to give you guys content on on who this guy is because if if, if you're a longtime listener to the show, um, you know there was another former Red Bull coach that DC was rumored to be hired, and we did a whole show with with Mark Fishkin, wonderful guy over at Seeing Red. That's and, a collector's uh, edition. This is, that's, <laughs> if you have that on, it's like a uh, what were those? What were those? NP, not NPCs. What were those? Uh, NFTs. It's like an NFT. If you have the download of that, it's worth money on the on the market. This, I'm this sure, show that that's referring to. I, I'm sure it is worth uh, fifty cents if you get the maybe maybe that we should market that. But anyway, yes, the the then eventually Hernan Lasada was hired, uh, so that took a bit of a U-turn. I think this one, uh, what we're hearing is from Stephen Golf that a contract has been agreed to. Nothing official, so but we'll definitely look to get some content out for you guys. But Troy the same. Uh, one of the, maybe not the candidate on the list that I think we all had, there were four candidates on the list and I think we either liked about three of them. Um, and, uh, and he was yes, not one of them. He was not <laughs> one of them. Um, but I, I'll, we'll get into a little bit. I'm, I'm 
become a little bit more positive on his uh, on his potential hiring. But let's give some info about him. Vidal Hutrola saying is former uh, New York Red Bulls intern coach in 2023 took over when Gerhard Struber left. Uh, that team was in turmoil, chaos. All the things you could say, this was the the Van Zier racial incident uh, and Struber did not immediately take him off. They finished the game. It was a mess, to say the least. And the team was very much sort of circling the proverbial drain. And uh, to give Troy the same credit, he came in and managed to sort of rescue that team. Uh, he finished, I believe the team finished with 14 wins. Uh, they managed eighth place in the uh, in the season. So they made the playoffs again, not. Super high up, but uh, he also didn't get really a lot of help. Um, I think what I've heard from fans, uh, Red Bull fans really liked him. They really wanted him to stay. Uh, Mark Fishkin, who when, we, when I, I tweeted him out that we'll wait to, to bring him on to talk about it, said a team would be very lucky to hire Troy Saint. So he thinks very highly of him. And I trust Mark's opinion. Um, he also uh, finished as a New Mexico United coach in 2018 to 21. So he certainly has more head coaching experience than um, Wayne Rooney. Certainly more than Wayne Rooney and certainly more down the line. Uh, but John, give me your thoughts. I know you've been, you expressed meh disappointment. Has your tune changed at all no. a little bit or is it no, the same? Meh is still very much that I, I feel like this is a, uh, I have a couple of thoughts, right? We don't haven't heard anything official from anybody, but one of my thoughts is if I am the GM who is very, very young, younger than I am even, uh, and I was looking at potential head coaches for my first, year in charge, first opportunity leading a team, I would not want a big personality. I would not want someone with prior GM experience. I would not want someone uh, who overshadows me instantaneously and has a lot a lot to say about player acquisition, a lot to say about play style, a lot of, a lot of just opinions. Uh, uh, Troy Lassane is going to have some of those, but he's also not going to be able to enforce them on the team. Yeah. My, my, I got it on my head now. McKay? Mackay? Mackay. Mackay. It is Mackay. Allie Mackay. Fairly common. Fairly common. pretty sure. And one, if we ever talk to him, we'll know for sure. But if I'm Allie Mackay, I do the same thing. So from that perspective, it makes you think this is not a, a move that drips with uh, aspiration or like, you know, it's not a move that says we're, we're back, baby. You know, we're, we're going for the, we're going for the cup this year. We couldn't, why would we trust uh, our our team to someone with one uh, one half season of top top level experience and three years at second division experience and then some assistant co- we wouldn't do that unless because we are going for the title this year this to me says this is a long term rebuild uh, this roster is not fit for purpose we're going to take it apart we're going to get the parts that fit we're going to draft we're going to we're going to be young uh, and then we're going to do the things that we want to do and Makai I think. The conversation has been saying that we want a team that can press. And if people have looked at this roster and said, that is not totally true <laughs> based on the players that we have already. We're going to have to make some moves. We've been made some. We need to make more. Um, I don't know. I, I would say I am I am still whelmed. I still think this is a this is fine. It's not a, it's not a move that makes people inherently angry. It's not a move that should really excite anybody overwhelmingly. It's just a fresh start, and you have to say. If you're a DC United fan, it seems like they're not making unforced errors here. They're making the choices they want to make, and you have to have some optimism that these choices are going to work out. You gave the keys to a young GM, relatively unproven, an assistant GM in the league, um, and former agent, and said, here's your keys. You got a three-year contract. Three-year, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Um, make your choices. You get, you get, you get all your calls. You, uh, no, Dave Casper is not whispering in your ear like Rasputin. You can turn this roster over. There's 10 players we let go. 
We have a DP spot open. We have young young spots open. So we, for better or worse, uh, we're in the car with him. Allie's driving, and fans can decide to continue to be sad and continue to have no hope, or you just say, um, "Hurt me again." This I'm, I got three years of of hope and optimism until you prove me otherwise. Even though the last ten years have not bought that, this move overall, both of these moves, this this coach and this GM is saying, "We hear you." There is not a lot of reason to trust us, uh, but we're asking you to trust us. And if you want to trust us, maybe we'll, maybe we can get to where we want to be uh, here in the next couple of years. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess yeah, I, I hear all your points, but I, I think the most important thing for me is this is a team, and and I found it. I found it. I had a little bit of, of humorous fun. I can't remember whether I did this on the on the on the show chat, but I, I felt like. DC makes this higher and immediately everybody wants to talk about 22 reports. How, how are you going to do a press when you've got two 30 plus DPs uh, like Benteke and click? And, I, and I'll get into a little bit more about uh, there are different flavors of a press. Not every press is a Red Bull press. Um, let's just say you can, you can press and still hold possession. But, um, and, and I was like, and I was kind of like, you know, I, I think I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that the team is maybe I don't want to say completely punting 2024 um, because I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, but I think they're saying, look, we're going to if we're not going to try to ru- do a rush job on this and and throw something together. If we can make incremental steps, incremental improvements to this roster, we we, we want to get younger. We want to be quicker. And you know, I think we'll still build a a squad. I mean, arguably a squad, particularly in the attack that I think can still be a, a playoff caliber style attack. Even with Venteke, you have Tegu Pietro, who again showed that he could step up. Um, you know, if Gabriel Pirani can sort of make that next level and maybe being under a new coach, a new system, you know, might be something good. You know, and also we talk about Christian Fletcher lighting it up currently in Swansea and, and showing videos of of five aside sessions where he is just absolutely feeling himself right now. So I mean all those all those are potential things that uh, you know a new coach can come in. Um, I will say that I agree with you. I think this was a hire that was, I, I think they, they probably, they maybe did look hard at Dominic Trant. I think there was the talk that he was sort of the next level finalist. Um, apparently they couldn't come to sort of any type of contract agreement, which Again, is, which is not your favorite thing to read as a DC no, fan. No, it's not because it I would mean, be different if they, if they had said it just wasn't a fit philosophically, whatever, but they said, couldn't, couldn't meet his evaluation. That, that, don't like to hear that. Yeah, um, you, you certainly don't. But again, you know, I think despite all of that, you know, again, we can only really go by what we've heard. Um, nobody in New York is like, boy, we're boy, you guys got a stinker. Um, you know, this isn't like a Chris Armas situation. Everybody talks about how much they loved him. People in New Mexico loved him. So everywhere he's gone, he's found success. He's been he's been well respected. Um, and I think honestly, I think the situation he's shown to be a guy that can come in and sort of maybe unify a locker room. And I think that's going to be important with a team that's going to be sort of being coming together and sort of trying to, trying to rebuild itself. Um, would I have preferred Hugo Perez or Robin Frazier? Maybe he's my top two picks. Maybe. Sure. But um, I think honestly, and there are also apparently informal discussions with Bruce Arena. I think that the biggest thing of course that came out, I think while we were on break was that Bruce Arena was, um, was apparently had been cleared uh, or was about to be cleared to be hired. He is not going to coach in 2023, at least not right now, but I bet he's setting himself up for a potential summer signing. He would be, he would be very in a very good position, I think uh, to be like a 
right the ship, sort of like a New England, like he was hired in New England, sort of like fix this job. Quick aside before we go on, you brought up Chris Armis. Uh, I saw a Colorado Rapids fan talking shit on Twitter, like feeling very confident about themselves after after the it was the Zach Steffen comeback player of the year MVP was the, is in the tweet mm-hmm. uh, with, with so Chris Armis, Zach Steffen, Jordy Mihaljevic, uh, Omer Fernandez, like Colorado, like I think you said it on. Uh, uh, somewhere I think might have been on Discord. Like uh, it's like someone reminded Dan Kroenke that he has a team, and you know, like he just like remembered the password for his email. Uh, <laughs> he's like, "Oh wait, I have a team. I could, I could, I could definitely uh, find some players, I guess." But yeah, every team uh, appears to be they uh, poke with the stick and they're doing something. So I, I, I remark that I just like to see any uh, level of like aspiration and uh, you know trying from all the teams in MLS. So that's good. Back to DC United. Yeah, back to tonight. Um, again, you know, I think one last thing about the sort of Charlie Saint hire. I think we'll, we'll we've seen from the from the roster moves of what you're doing, and I think you've kind of hinted at you know the idea of going young. I've talked about this for several years about how I want this team to maximize the the talent that they have in in the DMV area to really own that region to be able to be a club because I think not. I think it's a city where if you can build homegrown stars and homegrown talent uh that's a successful formula in in the d i think the dc area in particular we talk about the alex of etchkins we talk about the the john walls you know guys that were young and selected and, and drafted and i think those it's a, sort of a different atmosphere than some cities where you go out and get a big splashy you know free agent signing like los angeles or something like that um so i i think i think this is a a city that you can put yourself on the zeit on the zeitgeist if you if you by developing big time players and and building sort of big time stars because that those are the types of players that we love in DC, and I sort of see that maybe the beginnings of something like that. Um, and uh, and I think you know I think it's important. Um, I want to get maybe I want to sort of blend some questions in in here. I do want to talk way, about. Thank you for the millions of questions you guys. Oh yeah. You guys are unbelievable. Um, let's start with our Discord, uh, DC Ulysses. Uh, this one, I, 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 I sort of want. I, I still want to discuss because I think it's you know, 2024 is still. I'm not saying don't discount 2024. Throw it out the window. I'm saying maybe let's think about 2024, but maybe let's also put a, a, a higher emphasis on how is this team going to look in 2025 and and beyond. Um, by the way, three year guarantee contract for the Charlie Saints. So if they fire him, they're paying him for for three years. So I think that shows. I don't think it's a lot they're going to pay him. I, uh, probably not. Too. <laughs> probably not. But you know, they're still. I wonder if are they still paying Lasada. I'd be curious to probably. know that. Probably. So he's traveling uh, all the time. Um, DC Ulysses on Discord says a high press coach like Lasane a bad fit for a current roster. Currently, the two DPS and uh, does the does something to do with the three year contract. Uh, in other words, Benteke and Click will be gone in 2025. Is that when the real the same team will appear? Let's talk about Charlie Lasane's. Um, style of press i think everybody is i think it's almost like you go to red bull and suddenly you're you're stamped with the red bull label chris Emerson might be the only coach maybe that doesn't get that label because he actually tried to change it i think troy the same came into 2023 he said this is a team in a bad fit uh my primary goal is not necessarily to change the whole identity of how this team is played my goal is to keep this team united and together after one of their players just got accused of racial abuse um so my goal is to try to like get this team unified and together that team was set up to play the red bull style press you're not going to change too much 
what we again we uh, we are not aficionados on New Mexico. Maybe we'll get some people in that maybe can talk a little bit about that. But from what we have, uh, from what we have heard, sort of from from how he played in New Mexico, uh, it was very much kind of a zonal style press. It's not a full on, you know, you know hard, you know, knock style of press. It's very, very different. Also with a little bit more focused on possession. And I think he's sort of uh, talked about that a little bit about how he wants to be more of a possession driven team. Um, I think, I think with with response to Mateus click, uh, Mateus click, I know he's plus 30. He played at Leeds United under <laughs> Jesse March, who a was ago. a pressing style of coach. Yeah, he'll be it. fine. Benteke, I think, you, I think if you do what you're doing right now, which is you're surrounding him with guys like Fletcher, uh, Teku Di Pietro and uh, Gabriel Pirani, who are younger, maybe quicker style players, you can maybe make up from some little some deficiencies. Uh, he can still kind of play that kind of target style forward. Um, it can still work, I think, with Benteke. Will it be 100% effective? And will they definitely look, you know, next year probably for a new player? Certainly. Um, but I think it should still be something that could be effective for 2024. Do you think in Troy Lassane's, uh interview, they asked him if he has any experience? Uh, coaching teams uh, where players have been credibly accused with racism, like as like he the deep guy where they were like, "Do you have any experience with this? Do you have do you have like I'm just wondering if in your resume you have some?" And he would just his eyes lit up. He's like, "Actually, I do. I I can talk about that. I just that was the whole time you were answering that. I was I was imagining the job interview and I'm being like, just could you give us some examples of how you keep a locker room together? Just curious because it it may have happened here. Who, who's to say? Who's to know? Yeah. Um, I think uh, Keith Slack on Twitter, because I think we've gotten this also asked, is there a discernible strategy or vision uh, behind hiring Lassane or was it just, was he just available and willing to accept what DC would pay? I mean, I won't doubt that maybe he was one of the, probably maybe a little more of an affordable option. Um, But I think there is a, a long-term vision and a long-term thought, especially when you have sort of a young GM um, in, in trying to build trying to build something that maybe can last year. And I, I think there's no doubt that Lassane is a, it appears to be a very young and talented coach. Uh, so this could be a guy, this could be something you look back on as a, as you know, a buy low sell high type of guy. Maybe so, he's a Caleb Porter. He's a, he's yeah. like a, he's a, you know, you give, you give a guy who's excelled at, a, at another level, <laughs> give him an opportunity and see how it goes. I mean, everybody ripped on the hiring of Ben Olsen last year and uh, beginning of the year. Everybody thought Houston made a huge mistake hiring. Like, what are you doing hiring Ben? Turns out he's a really good coach. And I think that's maybe what we're seeing. I won't say exactly like what we're seeing, which was the same, but I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Um, That's kind of what we're seeing right here. All right, let's move on to uh, story number two, sort of big story number two for for DC United, which is uh, Gabo Pirani has been signed on a a long-term deal. John, I know you have some thoughts about this. You were all all hyped about the fact that the team was getting him on a on another loan. Um, yeah, we'll get into we'll get into maybe why that it is. Uh, any, uh, give me like your thoughts, opinions. Is this sour you completely on the deal? What? Yeah, <laughs> I will say I will say I was not I was I was not happy. I thought because it was seemed like such a wise stroke there that they mm. that, that that they were able to get that based on previous reporting. I was like, this is. All right, he's cooking. Ali is cooking. He's doing things that I would do. I, that's great. Uh, and then it turned out to be not the case. Uh, originally, I was a little bit upset about that because I I don't see what other people, you know, it's hard to say when you're influenced by things you learn after the fact, like statistically, uh, how he was performing and chances generating being the worst in the league for the amount of minutes played. 
versus the eye test and that if that if that new information colors the way you saw things you know sort of looking back I don't see what other people are seeing where they say like oh he was the best looking player on the field people were like super excited this guy is for sure gonna light it up in this league I don't I certainly do not see anything for sure there was also a lot of conversation on social media and on discord about the fact that he had other teams in Italy looking at him and neither you or I can find any proof of that being true anywhere else. Uh, so it's, people are acting like Inter Milan were after me and was like, no, I will sign with DC United. I am loyal to DC United. <laughs> I must, I must come to the capital. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I'm incomplete. The thing I, the thing that turned me around though, Ted, is someone looked at the record transfer fees paid for by DC United since 20, whenever they started playing transfer fees, like 2012 or 2013. Maybe, no, maybe like 2020. Um, and he's only slightly more than Nigel Bertha yeah. and, and Zoltan Stieper. And then when I think of it that way, the hopes, our hopes are not pinned on this player. At a, at a 1.3 million transfer fee, the world does not hinge on, on his success or failure. So that, that made me calm down a little bit about the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear to me. And again, I have no insight into what happened, but I I can just sort of read read the tea leaves. I'm I'm sure Santos was more than willing to offer um, to talk about an loan extension. Um, I am sure that was predicated. They thought there is no way legendary Santos team team of Pele and uh, and uh, Neymar would ever get relegated from the Brazilian first division. Uh, and then they got relegated. And I think that kind of possibly changed the the tune where they were like, look, uh, we kind of want him uh, back because we need to figure out a way to get back in the Brazilian, the Brazilian first division. And he's a player who is a clearly a top level player who will help us do that. Uh, but you guys do have the loan. So either pay us the one point three million, take the contract buyout or we're not, you know, you're going to have to pay a lot more or never at all. And so I think what happened is um, the guy looked at that and said, well, yeah, maybe we're, you know, maybe they had a discussion, you know, do we do we think we can get out of them? We've seen some good things, you know, we've seen, you know, we need to maybe give us something to build upon for next year. We see, we see some good things, some things we could work on. He's going to get a brand new coach, a brand new system. Um, you know, he he wasn't a complete bust, I would say, when he came here. I think he showed, like you said, I think I test versus stats. Um, but again, I I tend to look at stats and I say, well, like DC was a mess. Like they were a mess heading towards that end, that end of the year. Like it was very clear things were just kind of like not good. So I think if you have a, a clear direction, I, I think he will be one of my players to watch this year. Um, and, you know, they might hold off. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the summer. I, we talk about, we'll, we'll get into a discussion maybe about where, where we think they go this year, whether they do get a DP in January, or maybe they just kind of sit tight, um, build out the depth and then maybe look to the summer. This would maybe the one time I, I'd be okay with that. Um, and, and, Put Pirani out there, see what he can do. Uh, he is on a, a U22 deal, so this is the U22 initiative. And that allows you to take these, I think, these types of flyers, maybe these types of risks, you know, maybe find a find a diamond in the rough type of thing. It is, uh, to go, com- to- sorry, I'm sorry. Compare that to the risk that LA Galaxy is taking for the under-22 initiative, where they're yeah. looking at players uh, from Brazil for $10 million in the same age range. So this is a, this is the kind of swing that we can afford to take, which is fine. We have we yeah. had a little bit of familiarity with them. It's fine. Uh, you know, it's it's weird. This this year we're seeing a lot of MLS players move back to South American club teams, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just all across the league. We've seen a big, big number of that, you know, coming, leaving Portland, leaving Seattle, leaving Atlanta. And it's making me think like, what if in the future, like Copa Libertadores, like involved North American team somehow, or like some version of it. Like we have our CONCACAF Champions League, or maybe just do call it League's Cup and then expand that. I'm, I'm just imagining how much cooler it would be to expand the pool of potential challengers to the to these South American teams that MLS clubs raid for their talent anyway. So obviously there'd be some clubs that would just probably, I wouldn't say, like I want to see our best against Boca Juniors. I would love, yeah. I would love to see that. What 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 that would look like in in a actual competitive format. So it's a it's a pipe dream, particularly as League's Cup has taken up a lot of the oxygen in the calendar. But boy, that would be that's just a dream I'm having now. As I'm thinking, <laughs> and I, you know, and, and another thing, just sort of to to get the get it back to, to circle back a little bit to Pirani. I mean, I, I guess you would say if given if if Santos gave you the choice. Either pay the one point three million to take them or lose them. What would you do, John? Would you take them? Take them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, like I said, now, if you took Nigel Bertha from a club in Bulgaria and he came here and did nothing for three years and you released him, that's that that's the risk you take. And this is a player with a higher upside who's younger. Yeah, um, uh, he he he. Of course, won the twenty twenty three Pan America Games with Brazil. Played a major role in that team again. Pan America Games, not the creme de la creme of international tournaments and he's part of the but he's part of the olympic team um i believe he's on the olympic i believe actually he probably will not be there for the start of preseason which might be a little interesting because there's going to be some sort of pre-olympic type games and he will be gone for that so so he'll miss the saudi arabia and uh which we'll talk about in a second (laughs) (laughs) saudi arabia excursion exactly all right uh two sort of other minor signings that have happened Uh, i think positives in a certain sense uh jacob merrill uh their seventh pick in the draft their first round pick in the draft um has apparently decided to forego college eligibility and sign with dc united uh he's a big tall forward again we john and i have not watched georgetown uh, we can only sort of report what we're hearing uh but you know we'll see what happens you know could he be loaned to loudon could he spend some time i think right now with the way the roster shaping up uh, he probably makes the bench and maybe plays a role um it seems to me maybe they're envisioning him as kind of a backup benteke backup is sort of like a big target guy. I believe he's six six three six, so he's definitely not Benteke levels of athleticism and height, but he certainly is a, a tall player that can maybe. Um, yeah, good luck meeting a good meet. Good luck meeting the Benteke standard of being the yes. best player in the air that M- that MLS has ever seen. Most likely, Duncan McGuire is a name that continues to be brought up around the, the type of player they're hoping he turns into. Uh, you'll remember a rookie from Orlando who scored almost I think maybe double digit goals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they had to make an offer to him that was was credible for him to forego two years at Georgetown. Uh, so I would be betting that he he was told that he would be in and around the senior team. I don't think he leaves Georgetown to go play for Loudon. So yeah. to your point, I think they must have said, "Hey, you know, depending on how things go in preseason, how you show, we could very much see an opportunity for you to, you know, be get get, get some minutes this year, and then we'll see where you're at going into 2025." Yeah. And uh, sort of more minor is uh, Nate Crockford, uh, goalkeeper from, I, th- I think it was Wisconsin. I didn't put the college down on the, on the rundown, but I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, but he is, uh, was the third round pick uh, goalkeeper. Apparently Miller uh, still recovering from his shoulder injury that he suffered at the end of last year. Apparently doesn't like he will be ready in time. So this is sort of a emergency slash goalkeeper death, probably uh, pretty cheap, but maybe a guy they think uh, can get some minutes and, and show. Um, I think we're probably looking at week one, Alex Bono being, being yes. the starter. 
this is a player who is going to get minutes uh, in the preseason and then likely will never even see the bench with Zamudio taking the bench spot. This is an emergency signing. I think that this is the kind of guy, should you have, if you had an MLS Next Pro side ready to go, you'd sign and stash and say, you know, we've got now our, now our pool is four instead of three. We don't. So I think they'll sign him for now and probably waive him or maybe they'll, depending on the contract they sign him, probably non-guaranteed. But if he's signed for the year, they might loan him out. So we get some minutes somewhere. Yep. But not um, Loudon, because they have two goalies already that they're in love with. So Hugo yeah. Faro is probably going to play most games then. This team, uh, I, I really hope we get in. This 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 organization, I understand they want to they want to put the team in Baltimore. I am at the point now where I'm just like like just 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 start a team. You can move it. You can move it to Baltimore. <laughs> just, it, no just one's get, gonna care. Just, just get a next pro team, play them at Audi Field. There'll be five people in the stands. Who cares? Play it. Play it at Segra Field. Find find a dates. Who cares? But they they need to <laughs> get a move school. on to this. They they really Just... risk, and I, I really am serious. They risk falling. They risk falling behind because we're seeing teams like the Columbus Crew that have maximized already maximized that ability to sort of have the depth. And when you pick up injuries, you you need that you need that type of depth. So and you um, perform the Columbus Crew have performed so well in the MLS Next Pro League. That their coaches are being hired to coach MLS sides. Yeah. So, so yeah. like, this is a credible, this is a credible opportunity. To your point, these draft picks that you have been previously not taking serious at all and have not panned. Out, to be fair, they've not gone somewhere else and then succeeded. So that's part to do with uh, poor scouting uh, and yeah. maybe player pool. But you you need a place to stash these players and give them an opportunity to develop within your within your philosophy. Just, yeah. Gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah, I got to do it. Um, let's get to the let's get to the 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 probably the 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 actual bad news on the well bad news relative on the list, uh, which is DC United heading to Saudi Arabia for preseason, which um, I don't think anyone does here necessarily love. Uh, that, but it is what it is, I guess. On that front, um, so they're, they're heading to they're heading to Saudi Arabia for preseason. I think then they will return to Florida, if I understand correctly. Uh, no, for, these games will probably not be streamed. Yeah, before you before you tweet. Maybe they will though. Maybe they. I mean, the game. Maybe they will. Who knows? That, that would be like that would be at least like one benefit, one small benefit to this is if like you're going to go to Saudi Arabia, you're going to take that 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 Saudi Arabian money to go have your preseason. Like the least you could do is 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 stream these games. Are we gonna? So are we, are we playing like? I'll be I'll be very curious to see who we play. Are we playing the Saudi teams and like a lot of them? I'd be Probably. curious to know who will be on that roster because. A lot of those teams, um, if you haven't been keeping up with, uh, a lot of players who sign there are like, nope, actually, I really, yes, the money's nice, but uh, my family's not really happy here. I'm not really happy here. Uh, and I'd like to go back, please. I'd like to to leave. So It is a it is a bummer that Benteke has to come to D.C. to report for camp because he lives in Dubai. So you're telling me he has to fly across the world to go check in and get weighed and then fly all the way back to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> that sucks. They should let him not do that. I That is my... If you're listening, DC United, uh, don't make him fly over here. Give him a break. That that's a player. I I there are some players I think that will end up in that golf region, and I'm sure will be perfectly happy. Uh, ha- He's perfectly right there. I, golf I, region. I think that's certainly a place for him to retire and spend his last couple yeah. seasons. I think that's right. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Henderson from Liverpool. I don't think was was necessarily one of the players who who would necessarily be happy and happy in Saudi Arabia. But anyway, well, um, he but, talked a big game about how how great of a move it was. I think what happened was. <laughs> The dollar sign, like the cartoon spinning dollar signs oh, yeah. in his eyeballs. He's like, "Oh, I think it's actually great. I love it here." That, that and and I know this is a quick aside. I did not I did not have this on the I did not have this on the rundown. Um, but a quick aside about this is like how how smart like hearing all these stories about 
people being unhappy at um at uh at Saudi Arabia. Uh, the games that there's TV contracts in for I, I'm pretty sure for these games, but they're on I think Fox I, Sports. I, I think I've had them show up and I think I maybe it may have been AFC champions when I when I turn on morning footy and just kind of let it run while I work and then suddenly I'm look up, oh there's AFC Champions League games on. I mean some of the, the crowds do not look interesting. The games themselves are not interesting. I, I have no desire to sit and watch them. I think this I think we're seeing sort of the money doesn't solve all problems type of aspect here. It's similar to what happened a lot with um when China was big into all of this too. But that so that uh, well since we're down this aside, what's not like the show is going to be long anyway, so let's just yeah. go down this aside. <laughs> Fair. Uh, the differences in uh, the couple differences I think uh, that are worth drawing out. China the, the problem why China failed is the check stop cashing because they wanted to the the purpose for the Chinese league was to uh, and similar to Saudi Arabia, they wanted to create a better level of domestic players so they could compete internationally better to to benefit the league and to benefit the country in a sporting way. Saudi Arabia continues to do these things solely as a means of geopolitical reputation management or laundering yeah. or however you want to call it. And here's the, the, the thing, you know, for, for better or for worse and probably for worse uh, is it's working exceedingly well in a very short amount of time. Like they're, you know, DC United are going here. Uh, Inter Miami are going there. Uh, you got the biggest play. The, you got the biggest players because the, you gave them the most money. That's not exciting, but the fact that you know they continue to pull teams over. Uh, you have them. You know they're on Fox. The conversations have stopped being necessarily about like how dare these players go over there, and people have just sort of stopped paying attention to it writ large. But they still have the big names, and people look up like, oh, what did Neymar go? Oh, he went over to Saudi Arabia. I didn't know that. So, you know, I think that I was listening to a podcast this week talking about the big trends for 2024, and they were just saying, like, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, is, is like, is in a place where no one else has the money they have. And unfortunately, for, like, a geopolitical reasons, like, you have to you have to swallow hard a lot of times from, like, a, you know, a Russia, China, U.S. perspective. Like, basically, they were just saying that, like, you, in the long term, have to get kind of used to the idea that Saudi Arabia will be ever present. Just because they are the only people that have money, and they are making reforms at a very fast pace, and they are killing journalists with bone saws, like both of those things are true at once, and they're just basically saying, like, just, uh, just know, like, in five years' time, ten years' time, like, they're just going to be regular part of the conversation. It will not be so much like, can you believe that they're able to bring these players over? They're just going to be like any other place, and it's crazy to think about because of where we are right now, where we were maybe even five years ago, but it's, it's. You know, smart people are looking at this and just saying, like, this sports watching is effective. <laughs> this, oh, it is. Look, look for other countries that are in a similar, similar situations to really invest this way because, well, not everybody has that money. But if they do, it just changes the dynamic so quickly that it, it's, it's unbelievable how quickly it changed it. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen what's been happening with golf. Um, I mean, they've had F1 races in Saudi Arabia. And it's all just kind of been, you know, part of the part of the calendar. And, and you know, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia owns Newcastle United at this point, and that was a crazy. Big, man. A big hub, a big hubbub, and you know, again, died away. It's it's sports watching is uh, is extremely effective. E- even even when the Qatar the Qatar World Cup, we talked about that as sort of the you you don't talk anymore about the things that happened. I mean, from an American perspective, I think it has a, a sort of sad uh, overturn in that we lost Grant Wall uh, during that tournament. Um, but, you know, I think all the all the talks sort of leading up to it, then Messi wins the World Cup and now nobody's talking about <laughs> no, nobody really talking anymore about it. Everybody's talking about, oh, Messi finally got his World Cup. So 
it, it's I it's effective. I- it's 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 sad in a way because of how effective it is and how it there are still massive issues in those countries where their own citizens and I'm, I'm not just talking about you know their own citizens are suffering particularly you know uh, LGBTQ and 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 gay uh, gay people in those countries are suffering tremendously under those laws uh, that they have and and it's a shame it's a shame at how effective it is at kind of just sort of you know hijacking the conversation and um, I, I will agree that I think. I think there will still be players that will see those dollar signs and run. Um, but I think with some of these other moves that we're seeing and sort of the, the first, the, the, we're seeing kind of the first forays and, and, you know, maybe they adjust and approve. Maybe they figure out ways to, you know, to offer better sort of, maybe they look at it. Maybe they kind of say, well, you know, paying them a bunch of money wasn't enough. We're now going to make sure that, you know, their families are happy. We're going to give them, you know, options. Uh, as to whether that works or not, I, I don't know. I, I think for some, you'll still have those people where they come over, they see the dollar signs, they spend a year here, and they're like, "Look, man, my family's you know miserable. You know, we we're not really enjoying our time here. We really want to go back." Which happens everywhere, to be honest. I mean, it does happen everywhere, to be honest. Particularly like, with British people. British yeah. people are notorious for traveling and hating it. I mean, look what happened with Wayne Rooney here in D.C. I mean, it was like he was here a year, a year and a half, and it's like, "Look, my family's miserable. I need to get out of here. This is like Pauline. not good." <laughs> Pauline acting like DC is Riyadh. Just like, there's no culture here. I have to get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so they completely went off the rails this show. I feel like we were on a nice tight path. And then (laughs) I wanted us to not be, I wanted us, you know, take a, take a, take the scenic tour on our first show. Do you want to put the, uh, the referee information right here? That's sort of like a good fit before we go to the spirit. Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's talk MLS referees. So if you haven't been paying attention, um, and this is something that is near and dear to my heart as somebody who is a referee, uh, the referee P the professional soccer referee association of course has been negotiating a, um, a contract, a new sort of collective bargaining agreement with MLS. And apparently things are not going well. Uh, PSRA is definitely, I think trying to sort of step up. They want, you know, higher pay. Uh, they want their sort of demands met. I think higher pay is sort of the biggest thing. Um, and apparently they are extremely far apart. I think they wanted like something like a 50, 60, 70, 80% increase, some high percentage. And like MLS was like, here's a 5% or here's a 3% increase. Uh, so things are apparently they're very far apart. It looks like there might be a work stoppage uh, sort of imminent between these sides. Um, and, you know, I think it seems to me, maybe there was some, uh, th- there was some, some play apart. If you haven't read again, still in a fantastic piece to read, uh, go check out Pablo Mara's piece where he uh, basically was in the, spent the day sort of following the MLS cup final referees around. And it's a, it's a fantastic piece to read really well done. Uh, Pablo again, love him or love him or, or dislike him. I think there's some people that think he's a little, uh, full of himself. He, he is, in my opinion, he can be, he's, he can, sometimes you can be when you're talented. Yeah. He is still the preeminent soccer writer writing things that I don't, I think he, he is one of the most creative, uh, soccer writers in, in this country right now. Um, you know, we've lost Grant Wall, who I think also had that had that ability to sort of think outside the box. You know, he wrote the the LA Galaxy and the Beckham story, which, again, was a story, but sort of convincing. To, to, but to do the types of things that he does um, and, and the amount of work he puts into it is, is incredible. Uh, so but anyway, so back back to the original point. Um, so what what we've seen from a lot of discourse with fans and what I've seen is people be like, oh, that means we don't get Ted Uncle. Oh, that means. And I, I want to stop people right there. In all these situations, never side, never be on the side of management when it comes to labor, uh, particularly labor that is 
trying to fight for for better pay. I understand there are people out there that that don't like certain referees that think referees are all they're all terrible. They're all out to get your team. Um, and I tell you, that's completely they false. Are. They all are. All of them. <laughs> they all hate every every all of you in the world. But they hate your favorite team. But you know, if we want to, if we want to start the conversation of having better referees, maybe we need to pay them better. Uh, the, the scale that these referees make, I think, is somewhere between fifty and a uh, hundred thousand dollars. at sort of the top end. Again, that's the top end. Your referees that are just breaking in, you know, fifty thousand dollars might be nice, but they're still probably working a second job. Uh, and a lot of referees, I'd say most, if not all referees, this is sort of a side thing for them. They usually have a main job where they are getting income. Um, so increasing their pay maybe turns them more into a full-time job and then they can actually focus. And maybe if you can get younger referees where they're making this and they say, Hey, you know, this is a career, you know, I can go be a professional, you know, a professional MLS referee at 23, 24. And I can develop and be better than when I'm, you know, then getting just breaking in at like 28 and 29 and then having maybe four or five years of like decent before, you know, my, my experience starts to run out. Um, you know, that all comes from better pay and that comes from paying these referees better and, 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 and fostering that talent. It's the same thing as, as, as fostering soccer talent. It's just different. Um, we will say we, we have had this before. In uh, 2014, there was an actual work stoppage for the referees. It uh, didn't really go well, I think, for the, the PSRA. I think they were maybe thinking they, they, they basically brought in a lot of, they brought in some older referees, some guys who, had, who hadn't refereed in MLS in a while. They brought in some, uh, maybe some outside referees from across Central America. Uh, things didn't really, uh, there wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't a, the fail Mary moment in week three of the NFL season, which, you know, go look it up if you don't know what that is. Uh, there wasn't sort of a flashpoint moment where there was just such a bad call. Uh, what I will say, I think maybe the the fact that the Professional Soccer Referee Association, PSRA, thinks maybe they have an opportunity here is that VAR is now into the conversation. And that is something that requires like a, a training. Like you actually have to be certified to do VAR. It's not something you can just hop in and stick a bunch of guys on the computer screen. Like there's, there's protocols. So there's things you have to follow. There is necessary training to, to go do that. So I think, and also uh, the, the PSRA is much more unified. Um, I think when it started, there was just sort of the top end of the MLS guys. So basically MLS said, well, we'll just go down and grab guys from USL guys from the lower divisions. Now it's more sort of across the board uh, between the you know lower divisions and the top divisions. So I think there's more unified. I think they will probably be more successful this time around. Um, it's also it's going to be a question of if MLS brings in a bunch of you know international FIFA referees and pays them you know more who from people who are not a part of 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 the PSRA that could you know then maybe 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 make things fine. But they've got a lot of people they're going to have to hire. So this will be a story to watch as we enter as we enter the season. Um, I could see it kind of going like 2014, or I could see us having really bad sort of flashpoint moments that uh, that that maybe serve the serve the PSRA well and might cause things to to go into their favor. So something it's to watch. Tricky, it's such a tricky scenario for them because public sentiment, you know, beyond sort of like you know, rote high sport labor, like people people love to hate referees. So oh, it's yeah. very hard. It's it's very hard for someone to be like. Listen, if if it means I have to not see my team play, if we need to stop the league from playing, 
because these referees want to go on strike and get there. I support it. I don't think we should. They're not going to do that. They're just be like, I don't bring in robots. I don't care. Bring in, bring in, uh, whatever, like a, like a guy on a Segway. I don't care. The games have to happen. So I, I, it would be very funny though. The funniest outcome to your point is that they bring in FIFA trained referees and it's no better. It's like, it's, it's like the guys that you were paying $50,000 and then the people you're bringing in as scabs paying $200,000. The outcome is the same. There's missed calls. There's VA cards you don't agree with. They also hate your favorite team, even though they just figured out who they were this year because they were in England. Like, it, it, interest, it, very interesting. I hope it pans out, but no matter what happens, provided the games occur, something interesting has enough possibility here to happen. I, the games are going to happen. I, I, I don't think, I don't think, I think this is all like 2014. I don't think this will stop. This will stop the games from happening. I think, I think again, I feel like the public sentiment aspect that we've seen, MLS will think, well, like it doesn't matter. We should just go out, just grab some referees and go and, and go play them. I think we'll see what the, we'll see what the PSRA does down the sort of down to sort of the national level. Do they maybe say, I think they, what they should be doing right now, if there is a work stoppage is focusing their efforts on preventing those, those referees from maybe crossing the picking line or those guys from, um, and apparently they say they have a pretty pretty hefty salary. I will say like your the biggest the biggest problem you could potentially have is if they go down to like some of the national and state level referees to sort of bring them up for these games and here they're getting their first opportunity to do a professional game. And Ed, you're keep your to phone number updated. Keep your phone <laughs> updated. I am nowhere. I by the way, guys, I am nowhere, no, no, nowhere near um nowhere near ready for this. But um if you see if they could get them trained on VAR too, because that would be sort of the 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 one big thing, um, the one big if they thing. They do. That, you gotta wear an RFK referee sticker on your shirt. If they if they if you do get the call up, if you're going if you're like uh, being a fourth official against Inter Miami, you gotta figure out a way to like work the show in. Like if someone scores a goal, you pull up your jersey and it has RFK referees written on it. Something we gotta we gotta talk about. It. We got plans. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. All right. I think that's gonna do it for the news. Uh, let's hit maybe a couple questions uh, before sure, we. Before we close out, um, or before we close out DC talk, because all our questions were related to DC. If you have spirit questions, please, please send them in. You have a very good chance of having them read on the show because we do not get a, the, the, the volume. The volume of DC questions versus the volume of spirit questions is is, is very limited. So definitely send those in. Um, I wanted to get this from from Brendan Zaborn on Twitter. I, I underlined this as we have time, but I think it's actually I've read it over. I think it's a good point. So Matt Doyle did a little preview of the depth chart. Um, as of now, do you expect more signings for starters or depth pieces? My answer is yes. I think we see, I think we see, you look at, you look at, you look at the, you look at the 11. I think the real big question is out there on that right wing. Do we see a, do we, it, I mean, the question is going to be, does, does Lesane and Makai, do they think Christian Fletcher's ready to sort of maybe take that role? Um, do you think Jackson Hopkins is ready to step up? You know, what happens? Do you think, Martin Rodriguez is in there, or do you maybe look to bring in, is that maybe where you look for the DP? Is that where you bring in the designated player? Um, I don't know. Um, I think that is a, an interesting uh, conundrum. I, I, I will also had them playing sort of a three, I think a three, two, one, four, two, or something like that, or a three, four, two, or something three, four, three, or something like that. Uh, I don't think we'll see three defenders with this team. I don't think they have the depth for that right now. Um, so again, and I think also, I think you might be looking, I think you're probably looking at maybe at least one more established center back type depth, uh, yes. center back for a starter. Not depth. 
Yeah, start. I think I think I think there's I think you have a rotational three three center backs. Mm-hmm. I think you've got Burnbaugh. I, I don't think uh, Jared uh, Barnett. Who's the guy they signed from St. Louis? That's that the. I think I think he is not even Brendan Hines Ike level uh, at this point. I think you mm-hmm. need to get one more guy that you're very comfortable starting next to Burnbaum in a rotation with Matai. I think that's I think that's a must have. That cannot not happen. Yeah, uh, you cannot go. You cannot go to war with the army you have here uh, in defense. No, there, there's going to be. I expect a lot of moves to start flying in for this team. Um, whether they're via trades, maybe we'll see some free. The most of the free agents, I think, have kind of been used up. Um, so I think I think you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of trades coming in. Hussein uh, is going to be working the phones like Wayne Rooney, bringing over all his friends. I'm sure. I'm sure he's. <laughs> I'm sure he's got the hookup with the USL. We'll find some folks. Yeah, but you're right. Bart Bart uh, Bartlett, by the way, is the defender. I I think he is very very depth. I think he is very very raw compared to Brendan Heinzeich, um, who may be a little bit more established. But I think you're seeing depth. I think that sort of right attacking position and maybe sort of then the depth back below, with the idea that I think at by summer. Your hope is is that Akinbone is locked down that starting role. Like he is the best starter out there. He yep. is flying high, and then maybe you start to field some offers for him, um, which I think could happen uh, close to the end of of twenty twenty four. Also forgot and just to start- remind everybody, mm-hmm. Donovan Pines is uh, is not here. Some yes. people still ask about Donovan Pines. Yeah, I believe he is not here. He has uh, got an offer from Barnsley, I believe, third division league. Yeah, he's talking with Barnsley. I, I don't think anything's sort of done yet. Nope. He might end up back on. Nothing. Nothing's set in stone. Um, nothing's set in stone for him. Um, I think he is, but I think he is very much. His head is turned. He is DC. Is the no one else wants me. Fine. I guess I'll start talk. Go back and talk to DC. I think that's what Makai Makai was certainly talking about when he was um, when he was like, "Well, we'll talk if the interest is there." I think they've said, "Here's our offer." And he said, okay, thank you. Let me go see what else is out there. Um, and then we'll... I feel like he doesn't do that. I feel like he doesn't fill the role that we just talked about what we needed, though. I wouldn't call yeah. him... Like, I feel like his spot is gone. I feel like with the trade with St. Louis, that was his spot. Uh, and, and they're hoping... And, and Matai is having more... It's going to be more of a, of a feature. So I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't yeah. seem like there's room for him. You might be right. You might you you might be right. I don't know. We'll see. I, I wouldn't close the door until until he's holding up a shirt from another team. I don't know if that door is necessarily closed uh, closed for him just yet. But we'll wait. We'll wait yep. and see. Um, as far as uh, death pieces, I think this team needs a lot, particularly center and midfield. Uh, there's not a whole lot there past uh, past Mateus Click and Russell Knauss. I think obviously you want to you want to bolster uh, that that depth in there. Um, but a player and to watch. I so say you can't have a, you can't have hope of another Canals like Iron Man season because he's yeah. only had two ever. So just keep that in mind from a depth perspective. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch. I think one player maybe we're not really talking that hasn't really been getting a lot of a lot of talk, but one player I'm watching is Jeremy Gurea. I think this is a crucial crucial year for him. Um, this is is he on the team still? Is he's he on still the on the team. He's still on the roster. So um, Loudon waived him, yet he's still on DC United's team. He, he was I, officially waived by Loudon. I I thought he was still technically on the I have to go back and look. Maybe he Maybe he is. He's still listed. He's still listed on the on the club on the club roster. So I can I can And they've quickly... made changes. So that that would be weird to have they got rid of other players who were gone. Yeah. Found and also you, you also there. neglected you neglected Mitchin Garrison Tubbs, who might be a guy you You're hope. right. Another you might... another spot that Donovan Pines can has been taken from. 
Uh, another yeah. another young player that's going to get rotational minutes in those positions. Yeah. Or uh, to your point, Ted, or to your point, like you made previously about 2024, maybe all these kids play all the time. And maybe yeah. that's was part of the, the thinking in this hiring. Like we're not, we're not, we're not expecting you to win MLS cup this year. We want you to give all these young players minutes and have them better at the end of the season than they were at the beginning. That's your only job yeah. this year. That's your job. Jeremy Gurea, Jeremy Gurea is still listed um, listed as a midfielder. He's still listed as under contract in the okay. in the announcement. So he is he's still there. Um, okay. Anyway, so yeah, so I, I think you'll, you're going to see a lot of moves coming up. I think especially now that you have a coach, there's maybe another voice in the room. Um, maybe that also. I think maybe you're also. It's hard to it's hard to attract players when you don't know who the coach is because that's the guy they're going to have the most interaction with. So maybe the saying causes some players maybe some former red bulls maybe some some guys from his new mexico days uh want to come and join the team um who knows um and uh let's talk richard rolson has this good question uh what position would you target for a third dp would you sign a third dp this winter or for the summer first let's add to the first talk where where are you targeting it, it let's assume winner where are you targeting for a designated player center back center back no. Yep. I, I look at I look at uh, what a Keele, I, I look what a a world class defensive genius like Keelini did for LAFC. I look at what Walker, Walker Zimmerman did for Nashville. I think that's a tremendously undervalued position. I think it's less expensive than a goal scoring position. If you were to mm-hmm. bring in a player like a Matt Miazga for all you think about him, or a Miles Robinson, uh, like Cincinnati brought has both. I think there is an immediate immediate change in, in your ability to keep goals uh, out of the net. I think that the problem is you have Burnbaum still on a high salary for another year beyond this one. If you were able to somehow rid yourself of that somehow with a trade, some sort of relief in that way, and you had some salary space, I think center back is amazing. And other than that, right wing, but that's a lot more expensive and you'll pay a premium for that. Well, keep in mind. So keep in mind, DC United has right now has two open U22 slots. If they sign a senior level DP, with that makes above the designated player or the sorry the uh the TAM level that you can basically buy down which is like 1.6 million that includes the transfer fee uh they lose one of those U22 slots we've seen the team talk about how um we've seen the team talk about how they want to maximize those slots that's where they want to look to to grow i would be on board with a with a dozen young designated player signing I would actually more look as far as like a defensive player. I would look more towards that U22 slot to fill that role, find a young defender who's extremely talented, who you're bringing in to, you know, maybe a guy you're looking to grow for the next few years and then look more towards the attack end uh, for, for a, maybe still a young DP, but a guy that can still, that maybe is a little bit more expensive that sort of meets that designated player uh, threshold. So, um, Something to watch. I think I think I would not be surprised if they wait till the summer. I think you want to if you wait till the summer, it's going to depend if Gabriel Prani is, you know, has completely turned around those those analytic numbers is assisting. He's contributing to goals. He's linking up with Teku de Pietro and they have combined for, you know, 15 goals and 15 assists by the summer. You have your number 10 and then you can look elsewhere. Um, I think it's going to lot, a lot's going to depend. I think Gabriel Prani is going to be, if it goes well, I think you see them look, you know, maybe elsewhere in the summer. 
Um, and I think that's why I think they're, they're going to maybe keep their powder dry for the summer. Um, and I would not be 100% against that right now. So, What was the second half of that question? Uh, it says, do you think they signed a, DP, a third DP this winter or wait for the summer? Okay, yeah. I agree with you that the summer is more than likely. Yeah. Again, for, This is the one time but, I'm like, yeah, wait till the summer because we're building something here. We're doing something. Uh, so we're not just... We're not just uh, we're not just and they're going. never going to come out and say that our goal is to not. Make, they're going to say our goal is to make the playoffs. That's what they're always going to say. Yeah, and then, and that still may be true with also the secondary goal of uh, development is the primary objective uh, for these players. I think if Matea Kambone start starts to gain serious minutes and starts to really develop, I think a Christian Fletcher makes that sort of leap. If Ted Cudi Pietro continues his tear, if Gabriel Perani starts to turn it up, I think this is a playoff team. I I mean, even as constructed, and you get some other help in there, again, a lot of teams can make the playoffs, but and I guess that's maybe that's what I'm looking for if we want to call a successful year in 2024, is if this team makes strides where you can see, okay, there's something building here. They have a Cincinnati not last year, but the year before type season where they're fourth, fifth in the playoffs and they are, you know, not really, but they kind of have a huge bounce back where suddenly people start to take notice. I think that should be the goal for this team, not necessarily to go out and win the, win the cup. I mean, I saw to win the open cup. Maybe we could use that as a, as a springboard. We'll see. Um, Jesse in the 202, also on Discord with a kind of a cheeky question. Taking account this team's resources, available players, and where other teams in MLS are, is Ben Olsen the greatest coach, DCU coach ever, uh, they've, has DCU has ever had? I would say absolutely sure. That's certainly the, the conclusion we would come to. No, it's probably, it's probably Bruce Arena. But, um, but as a joke question, yes. This also came after uh, our boy Wayne Rooney, <laughs> no longer at Birmingham City. Oh, man. What, what wild. That, that whole Fred, saga, there, there's got to be a book coming out about that saga. There has to be something. Fred, Fred Briand, very excited about the fact that he's done an uprooted family for, for 12 weeks in Birmingham. He's also, uh, he, he's also looks like he is no longer with the team. So, um, Troll the same wants to bring his own staff. I think, it, I, you know, I think we talked about, I think some people said, well, you know, this is what you do. We're talking about a rebuild, complete separation. I'm like, I, on, the, on the surface, yes, I agree with that. I think it might be helpful to have a guy who, um, is young, hasn't been around the team very long, but also still has like a rapport with the players. You're asking a lot. Um, you're asking a lot of, of, of him. So unless you can, unless you can convince Steve Birnbaum to do it, I think you got to bring back Brian or maybe Bill Hamid, Bill Hamid for a, uh, for bench coach. Somebody, <laughs> maybe. It, it would be great. You know, like I think that there is to your point, the conversation was nothing about this team in the last 10 years is worth saving. And I don't think that's true. Like, I think that, you know, there's, you, you have, you know, one of your assets, if you're DC United, is who DC United well, has been mm-hmm. over time. Uh, and if you're able to find a player who knows that and, and can say, you know, I think there's a value in the, the in my day conversation. It doesn't have to be Fred. Uh, it could be a number of players who have gotten their, you know, I don't think there are a high degree of like expectations on your third assistant coach. If you were to go find uh, an XDC United player who's interested that can, you know, contribute in some way, you should do it. I think there's enough, there's enough players over there that you can pick up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I, I think the top end we wanted change and I think we're getting that change. Once you start getting a little below that, I think there, there's, there's some importance maybe to have some, some type of connection. And I, I just think, I just think he can offer a bridge um, is, is more, I'm not saying he's going to be making 
big tactical decisions. And I think, you know, you want to be a place that can maybe grow some coaches. Um, we'll, we'll see where he ends up. I, I, we, I wish him the best. I think he has always been a great guy. And, and, uh, I think from what we all, all, we have not heard, we've heard all but good things about, about his time here, here in DC. All right, let's, let's shift gears. Let's talk about Washington spirit. Um, the Washington spirit, uh, I don't think if we went back in time when Michelle Kang took over the team coming off a 2021 championship, we would maybe be less sure about the spirit now than we are about maybe than we are about DC right now, to be honest. Um, vibes are, 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 are not good. Um, there's another super team that's sort of developed and has basically been uh, gobbling up all the free agents, uh, New York, Gotham, have signed Rose Lavelle, Crystal Dunn, Tarina Davidson, and Emily Sonnet after coming off winning the winning the NWSL championship. So they just literally uh, turned. They literally just became. They took their strong team and made it even stronger. So, yeah, uh, they have, and DC- they have assembled this Voltron here uh, quite quite clearly. But also, they have become the team that everyone should hate. Everyone oh, yeah. should be rooting against Gotham. If you're not, if you are. I can't help you. If you look at Gotham and say, oh, that's great. They have all these good players. I like them now. I hope they win. I, I hope they look like they're going to have a lot of fun. No, your job as a fan is to be like, I hope they are in last place. I hope <laughs> nothing but bad things befall them. And again, man, off season, we've, I mean, the spirit probably in 2022 would not have been predicted. 2021 with the spirit looked like almost like this was like the, the Michelle King came in. 2022 was supposed to be like where this team was going to ascend to be like, a power in, in, in the NWSL. You had all these young talents who won a trophy ahead of schedule, who were dangerous, who were fun. And it all just completely fell apart. Get a lot of big, I mean, and and I'm not necessarily including any of these guys, any of these players of having big personalities. I mean, there's been nothing to, to say that to the effect, but sometimes you can, there is such thing as too much of a good thing. If you are just signing guys, signing players, to build yourself a good a good team and and you're building a fantasy team. Sometimes there's not someone there saying like, wait a minute, this isn't fitting, this isn't working. Um, so remains to be seen. They could they could struggle. Uh, they could absolutely struggle. We've seen it happen before. Uh, Chelsea so. spent a billion dollars on <laughs> on their roster and they they struggle. So um, it, it's possible to happen. Uh, still no word. It looks like I, I think at this point we can say uh, Jonathan G- uh, Geraldes will be the coach of the Washington Spirit. It's Eventually. just. A, Eventually, uh, he will probably come in the summer. Leads to question: Who's going to be leading this team? Who's going to be coaching this team? Um, and I think that's still been a frustrating thing about the fact that this team still can't seem to find everybody. And apparently, they were also chasing some of these free agents. I think uh, was it Crystal Dunn or was it Toronto Davidson? They were maybe also chasing. Tierna Davidson was not on the, but Crystal Crystal Dunn was. It was in conversations about that because she has family here as well. Her 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 rationale was I'm I'm from New York so I want to be near family but uh, there hasn't been any other conversations there hasn't been any other yeah. links to players although uh, that is not true who's the right back for Chicago that's coming here uh, I'll find that that's been the athletic uh, recently but uh, yeah so the Washington Spirit it, the the question of who's going to coach them in the near term that is. Uh, not been confirmed, but Mike Bristol, who's the director of player personnel and an assistant coach, is most likely to lead it, according to Goff. So, so that is not exciting from a standpoint of like uh, they've got to get all the way to June for this coach to come in and, and install his system. It's very much an Emma Hayes situation where he's coaching another team, 
but he'll have an opportunity likely to like, you know, say how he wants to set the team up uh, going forward and then just sort of slide into it. So I think it's, uh, it remains to be seen. I, I don't know how great that is. The fact that Mark Corian will be the man in charge of the draft here in a couple weeks or a week. I don't even know when it is sometime. I think it's next week. Uh, so it's hard to say. I think that you've had this coach identified and he's likely to be the, the one you can hopefully try to stock some players that would fit that style. Um, the, mm-hmm. the club has two first round draft picks, I believe this year, or is it, I think they do. They have, a, they have some, some top level draft picks. They might've had to give one away in the second round for draft protection uh, in the expansion draft, but the team has holes still right back. Yeah. still an uh, open question now with Dorian Bailey having been, having been taken. I think that was by AFC. I'm pretty sure. There's Traded. a lot. There's lots yeah. of, so question, questionable, uh, there's lots of moves to be made. I don't know what we can talk. Let's talk about the salary cap real quick. Ka- I think by the way, I just want to jump up. Casey Kruger, uh, Kruger is, is the, uh, is the player. She's a free agent that, uh, the spirit have apparently close to signing. Um, so there's your bring, right back, by the way. There's your right back. And, and Nicole Barnhart, um, also coming from free agency. Welcome back, Nicole Barnhart. Uh, that it's just really kind of like it, with all the news, um, all the news about the Gotham and, every of them signing and then it's like welcome back. all due respect to nicole bernhardt she's been you know a long time player in nwsl been a great a great goalkeeper uh, in nwsl all due respect but i mean i think even if you talk to her she'd be like yeah like it's definitely like- <laughs> bad timing for me <laughs> not, not I, the best timing for me i don't want to be hey, following protect- up i don't want to be following up like like two like u.s uh you know basically what two three U.S. soccer Hall of Famers that have signed free agent contracts between Lavelle Dunn and Sonnet. I don't know if you call Davidson um, that level yet, but certainly those three are are U.S. soccer Hall of Famers uh, to be uh, coming up. So, um, go ahead. Sorry, you wanted to move no. on to a new topic. No, yeah, I was just going to say we don't necessarily know what kind of players they can bring in because we don't know the salary cap situation. But hilariously, the NWSL was able to increase their salary cap by forty percent this offseason, and it still remains under $3 million. So just so you know how much room there is to grow, I think with where clubs are getting $50 million evaluations or $60 million in the case of Portland Thorns, uh, I, you know, keep, I think 40% a year, year over year is probably the, the path they need to be, they need to be taking on this. Oh, I was also going to say that Paige Mateo got a new deal and yeah. resigned for three years. So good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Um, I, I will say about the, yes, the salary cap is, $2.75 million doesn't seem good. I think it's good that it, it went up. I'm, I think it's good that it's increasing. I think it is a reflection of the competition that they know that they have to uh, they have to start, you know, putting their money where their mouth is if they want to hold on to certain players, if they want to pay certain players, if they want to keep certain players from going to Europe. Um, because now going to Europe or going to Liga MX is not a death nail for for making the national team. In fact, there's a lot of players that have gone outside um, and have, have done very, very well for themselves. And those clubs all have a lot more money on their men's side in a lot of cases that they, that they can afford to, that they can afford to, uh, to, you know, spend basically in, you know, really with their budgets, it's like a line item. Um, so I think it's positive that, that the salary cap increased. Um, I think it's positive that we're going to see, I think it's allowed for more moves like this in free agency. You know, they can offer better contracts to those players and still fit them all, uh, fit them all within the cap. Um, Michelle Kang, by the way, she dropped continuing to build her women's soccer empire. 
world global in soccer empire biting the buying the london city lionesses funny enough a team like i i legitimately thought and this is this is totally bad on my part i thought every single like women's soccer team in england was like attached in some way to like the men's side so this the fact there was like another club and it's like this is not a club and i looked around there are others too so just out of interesting like i thought it was like a given that all these clubs just had attachments to to men's side um so the fact that there's like this like independent club that's in like the second division of against all these other massive teams that have massive budgets is, is really cool so pretty yeah. recently founded too i believe yeah like fan so, founded that's cool that's cool yeah. so that's some money into there and 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 you know i'm not against i'm not against you know michelle kang flexing some muscles and in, in building i guess a a city football group uh, for for the women's side i think there's not really anybody else really she's probably the biggest sort of you know overarching investor in in soccer um you know she's already apparently she's still looking at uh, i think leon is still probably within her sights i don't think that can be officially announced until the rain have sort of been moved on i think that's that's kind of the hold out there so it's like her, the she signed on the dotted line but it's like we can't really let this take effect because we can't really give you much control or let you do much because technically we still owe a rain and that's a conflict of interest for you with owning the spirit. Um, also, we'll see uh, the rebrand, uh, the rebrand apparently coming for the spirit. I, it's been very, very quiet on that front. Um, it's coming. I have, I have, I have, uh, I have inside sources that uh, it's extremely you, done. Can you tell, can you tell us, is there a new name change or is it just the colors? I, it's just colors. Oh, it's just colors. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's what you're thinking. That's all I'll say. Folks folks who have been thinking very publicly about what it is, I think you're right. Okay. Uh, I think the other thing to say, too, uh, uh, the other the last sort of spirit-related thing that I wanted to say that I've now forgotten around Michelle K. Oh, the, the, the Washington Spirit have re-upped their training, training center deal with DC United for three more seasons. Oh, yeah. I think that, that's of note because numerous times Michelle Kang went up into the press box and talked about how close she was potential like to, she was taking site tours right in the in the, around the area she was feeling good about it and now three years for sure they'll be at uh in, in loudon so i think that that's i think that that's a matter of you know what's is she doesn't have infinite capital she's got money but she's and the the london city linus is could not have cost very much money mm. so i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna pretend that that's a, a situation but the leon club costs some money uh, and, and I don't think that spirit are necessarily profitable yet either. So I would be curious to see if there's some sort of a capital flow problem for, for, for Michelle when she's looking at, and also 8% interest rates, 7% interest rates on, uh, on financing are still a challenge. So, yeah. And, and, and I think it's also, I think there might be some, maybe some, I think maybe she got in and she thought maybe there were some government, uh, some government, she had, uh, prerogative she had to go through to acquire the land maybe there was some zoning who knows i mean there's a lot it can all seem very simple when you're touring sites and you're looking for sites and then suddenly you're kind of like ah i i don't i don't i don't like what i see right now or this is not going to be ready in time for me or i need to wait a few more years um she was looking yeah. at potomac yard and then she heard someone had dibs on it oh really <laughs> <laughs> no, I was kidding. Oh, okay, okay. Leon, Leon's sister's like, oh, I'm going to take that. Thank you. Yeah, but anyway, I, I think it's, 
I, I'm not really, as far as we know, I'm not willing to question much of any nope. much. Um, I think she's still trying to, I think she still has a focus on the spirit. I think this team needs to start going out and winning soccer games and, and, and building. I think last year's season definitely left a, a poor taste in everybody's mouth. Um, and I, I think honestly, they need to, I'm hopeful they get this coaching hire, right. You know, you know what it, it could have honestly been, it could have honestly been, they, they went out and they hired the coach and then they're like, all right, I think we need to readjust here because we had to pay a lot to bring this coach in. We also know for a fact that they have let go of, of a lot of very, uh, a lot of staff that a lot of fans really liked. And I think that's, um, uh, encompassing on the fact that the sales maybe haven't been to their expectations. So those people have been asked to leave and new people are coming in. So I, it, it'll be an interesting story to watch. Um, I, I don't want to say the 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 honeymoon period is over, but I think it's maybe running a little thin with some fans, and they they want to see results and they want to see a successful team. And it's not easy watching your your New York rivals gobble up a bunch of players, and you're kind of sitting pat. So, yeah, remains to be seen. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it uh, for this episode. We 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 called a long show, and we gave you all a long show. So <laughs> um, we'll probably be back in a couple weeks. Um, we'll have maybe some other content uh, once we this coaching hire is official. Preseason's coming up. We'll see if we get to watch any games. I'm going to guess no. So we'll all have a nice, lovely guessing period. And, and by the way, like MLS and NWSL as well, you want us to care. You want us to do this. You signed this whole deal with Apple, and yet you still can't stream games. Can you just do it? Can you force at least like a tournament or something that where they have to stream it? I don't know. It's it just it it it, it bugs me. All three hundred of us were very very upset about this. Well, so you know, we, we want to see it. Who cares how many people are watching it? It builds up excitement. It gives it gives. You talk about you know the people that do watch it are going to be the media. The people that do watch it are going to be, and those are the people. Maybe you know someone does isn't going to watch on a on a Friday at noon, but you know someone who's paid full time to follow the league will watch, and then they mm-hmm. can tell the fans who you know listen the five thousand six thousand fans. Hey, I saw great things from Gabriel Pirani. He looks like he is rejuvenated. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it, they, they need to stop thinking about how many people are actually watching and understand that having these games broadcast also serves your media personalities who will watch it well and allows them to give content that the fans want to hear so you can grow excitement for the season. Right. Anyway. Media people paid full time and media people paid not full time. That's a reminder to go to patreon.com slash RFK Refugees. <laughs> Should you want us to watch a preseason game at noon on a Friday? Uh, that's a good way. Uh, that's a good way to get us to do that. So thank yes. you. We actually got two new Patreons this last week. I'm not going to do names, but thank you very much for that. Uh, please join us, and then you'll get uh, an extra shows on Fridays that no one else gets to hear ever. So yep. that's a nice thing for you. Yep. Yep. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Thank you guys for all the support you've given us. Uh, we will catch you guys in a couple weeks. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.